Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And we begin the Lombardi Line on a Sunday morning presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Michael Lombardi back home in New Jersey. Michael, good Sunday morning to you, sir. Good morning to you, David. Yeah, we're getting closer, huh? Oh, we're getting closer. Everybody's going to start coming to training camp. we got a lot to talk about. we got a lot of teams to break down. It's a good time of the year. You know, it's usually this is, uh, this is the time where everybody's heads back to work. Vacations are over, and we're going to get down to business. I love that. It does. You're making me feel like I have to get to training camp here at 6 a.m. before the team arrives or 5 a.m., when only the coaches and the GMs like yourself would be there uh, back in my day. I'm going to have Will Hill on, obviously, this hour. The King of New York will talk to everything baseball with Will. Mets starting to slip. Only half-game lead right now over the Braves. Uh, Yankees with a tough loss yesterday, even though Aaron Judge had four hits in his MVP bid. Going to get to Thomas Gable again in hour number two back there at the Borgata in Jersey. Figure out how he made out yesterday. He tweeted at me yesterday, Michael, uh, during the UFC event. Big money, as we predicted, came in on a lot of the British and European fighters. We'll see how the books made out. Uh, terrible ending to that main event that we'll discuss as well. And Wes Reynolds will join us in hour number two as well. Get his thoughts on what's going on in golf and the world of uh, college football as well. But Michael, if I could, I, I wanted to start there very quickly. And I don't know if you are immersed in it. I know I'm more immersed than most in the UFC. I watched for six glorious hours of what happened yesterday in London. But it really got me to thinking overall big picture, Michael, of the power of sports. Because over there in the U.K. and in London yesterday, Patty Pimblett, who is this you know, 27-year-old Liverpool fighter, they're chanting his name as he comes out there. They're serenading him. He looks spectacular. He gets a second-round submission victory over the American Jordan Levitt. And he's kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way early on. He's kind of a very brash fighter. People don't know whether or not to like him or hate him. And then he gets up on the mic, Michael, after the fight, and he mentions that before the weigh-in on Friday, he'd gotten a message in a call that one of his buds, one of his best buds growing up, had committed suicide right before he gets ready for this huge event in his home, home country and hometown there in London. And he dedicated the fight. And then he said, you know, men, he goes, you got to get over the stigma of not talking. If you need help, talk. And it, I saw it on Twitter, and I, you certainly heard it in the crowd. And then I'm watching ESPN this morning, Michael, and they're showing the replay of the fight, and they run the, the number for the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And I thought, that's the power of sports. Like, you know it. You know how players and Brady and Belichick and throughout the, the Patriots organization through years and, or the Raiders, how, you know, owners, GMs, players can affect people in a positive way. We talk about the negatives so often with athletes in specifics, and it just kind of hit me in the face of like, that's really awesome that you use that platform that you have for those couple minutes after a fight, and you're thinking not of yourself, not of your victory, but of trying to help people. And, and it did. It just struck me, Michael, that sometimes the power of sports and the way athletes, uh, owners, GMs, coaches can affect people's lives. Uh, it, I just thought it was a really beautiful moment. 
Well, I think, you know, when you go back to when CBS let football go, Dave, uh, they decided that football was too expensive and that allowed Fox to come in and CBS became the most watched network in, in America. But the problem was they were had the demographics of people uh, elderly. No one was buying. They couldn't reach the expansive audience that the NFL reaches. And their network wasn't able to sell advertising because they didn't reach this long reach that the NFL has mm. that starts at 10 and goes to 90. And I think that what that reach can extend to help people, whether it's suicide prevention, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's gambling, addiction, all those things, uh, you know, that reach is long and powerful. And because of it, because of the demographics that it includes, it covers so much of our country and the world. Yeah, it really is. Well said. It's it's sometimes again, and I I mean nobody loves it more than me. I love combat sports. I love the NFL. I love all sports pretty much. Uh, and then you forget that human side of it, and it's it's a nice reminder that athletes have that that power uh, to let people know. And by the way, the new number here is just happened this month. In the United States is nine eight eight. So if you know anybody, anybody struggling uh, in that situation, please do not hesitate to call that simple three numbers nine eight eight. They're trying to make it as easy as possible for. People get help and access uh, to whoever might need it. Uh, you mentioned it. It's camp time. I know uh, we're excited. We cannot wait for the start of the NFL season. But this is the time that teams really put in that work that a lot of times fans, media don't see. Right? Some of the media gets to glean their eye at it. But you know as an executive and the coaches know exactly what they're looking for. When you're looking at the Patriots and you're looking at Mac Jones in year number two, Michael, what do you need to see? Because I, I was actually impressed with what I saw from Belichick and Mac Jones in year one. What do you expect in year two? Well, I mean, they were sixth in the league in points scored last year, you know, and I think when you break down their plays, the amount of yards they gained, their starting field position, which is always good because of Coach Belichick's ability to want to work special teams. They were second in the National Football League in that area. I, I think what you want to see from Mac Jones is more development. You know, I think the one thing he did, and I said this at the end of last year, he needed to go fix his body. Mm. He needed to go fix his body, which is shocking, right? For a kid that went to the University of Alabama, they have a great strength program down there that you got to go fix his body. But he did, and he has to fix his lower body to gain more power in all his throws. You know, a lot of people felt coming out his arm strength wasn't great. I thought it was average. I think it can improve. I think it can definitely improve as it moves forward. And as it improves, I think what the Patriots want to be able to do is be a little bit more quick strike. You know, it took them, they finished 10th in the league last year in terms of how long it, how many plays it took to score. 10th in the league. That's not bad, but I think they need to do a better job of that. And they got to start faster. I mean, last year they were one and three after four games. One and three after four games, and they didn't really start as fast as they needed to. I think that's going to be the key for them this year. And Matt, it starts with Mac. Look, they're going to run the football effectively. Their offensive line is strong. They've got two really good running backs. They've got the tight ends. They've got to get Jonu Smith involved, mm -hmm. and they've got to be able to make some quick strikes. And it starts with Mac Jones. I think he'll be better this year than he was last year. 60 to 1 to win the MVP here if you think he can make a Herculean leap in year number two. Uh, but overall, you know, we're still talking about a second-year quarterback. Is it his team, though, Michael, at this point? Is that important that Mac oh. Jones and the other players in that locker room look up and say, out of the other 52, he's got to be the alpha? Well, he was a, he's a rookie last year. And, take, and, and guess this, David. The Patriots finished second in percent of scoring per offensive drive. Mm. Think about that now. He's a rookie, and they finished second in the National Football League with all the other quarterbacks in the percent of scoring on per drives, right? The defense was the problem. The defense finished 31st in that category. Whoa. So the defense was the, the problem last year. Now, it was masked around at times, but when they had a play against really athletic quarterbacks and, and movement where the field horizontally became a problem, that's where it was. I mean, Mac Jones played at a high level last year. Mm -hmm. When you're second in the National Football League in scoring per drives, that means you're being productive. That's what you're paid to do. Now, you could say, well, they ran the ball. Well, you know, some of their numbers in passing were fairly pretty good. Yards per attempt, they finished seventh. So I think it's a continual improvement. I mean, how many rookies are able to say they do that? I mean, we're we don't even know what Justin Fields looks like. Right. Right. Trevor Lawrence, the first pick in the draft, we're not even sure. I love Lawrence. I'm a little bit doubting my evaluation of him at Clemson after what I saw last year. Now, I'm going to give him a year. But Mac Jones played like a five-year veteran. 
You mentioned the body, and obviously they're always going to go back to you know Tom Brady comparisons and Brady coming out of Michigan and the the, the, the infamous picture now on draft day where he looks kind of frumpy and is just sitting there. And then, you know, Brady is now, you know, he's got the Tom Brady method and everything's worked for him and the TB12 and the rest of this history, you know, a couple decade, decades later. Is that he's going to be in that shadow, you know, body arc. They're going to look at it and say, well, now he's in shape. Do you see a Brady like improvement coming? I mean, nobody's going to be the GOAT, but I mean, just as far as now that he's got his football body right, that should be able to match. And you mentioned the arm talent can actually get better. Yeah, and plus he's really competitive. I mean, he has Brady's and Belichick's competitive stamina, which is critical, right? Like he is a, a he is a kid that wants to be really good, and he's not going to rest, and he's not going to rest just because he achieves certain levels. I think that's critical, right? He wants to continue to prove he belongs, and I think he will. You know, I think the loss in Indianapolis, the inability to beat Buffalo late in the season with the passing game, I think all those things are really important to him, and I think that'll drive the team. Look, the the way you generate this is one of the reasons I'm so critical of 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 Kyler Murray is because if you're t- if you're the if your best player on the team the quarterback mm-hmm. isn't the best leader it's hard to develop your team right it's hard to find it I mean unless you got Ray Lewis on the other side which <laughs> takes away from Trent Dilfer you know Dilfer Dilfer understood that it was Ray Lewis's team he didn't try to take it over so for me that that's where I think you really see the benefit of it you don't see it with Kyler Murray bad body language doesn't even go out to acknowledge Buda Baker on the field and you rewarded that you rewarded that behavior mm. with a record contract to me I think that's where it all starts and ends very quickly take us inside if you would Bill Belichick's mentality with Mac in year number two like is it is it okay you know you've just reloaded New England with Tom Brady and the goal every year is the same I know the goal is still the same to go and win the Super Bowl but what do you think a successful year for Bill and for Mac looks like uh, joined at the hip there well I think protect the football number one right we're going to protect the ball we're not going to be in the we're not going to be 11th in the league in interceptions we're going to protect the ball we're going to convert third downs to the Reds area Mac Jones is going to follow the formula that the Patriots follow He's going to avoid losing first, which means protect the football, not make mental mistakes, and execute what is given in the game plan, and don't try to play outside yourself. That's all. It's not, that's all he's going to do, and that's what he'll have to do, and he'll do it well. All right, when we come back, Michael, let's continue this a little bit with the Patriots. Look at the AFC East, because it feels like out here in Las Vegas – the, the betting market's telling you they're expecting regression from the Patriots in year two. I wonder if you agree with that assessment or not. Plus, maybe get into some playoff parlay scenarios that are offered at BetMGM. Just getting it started on a Sunday morning. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. A reminder, Will Hill is going to be up with us. Our number one from New York, the king of New York, as I like to say. Come on back. The Lombardi line on VEASAN, the sports betting network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos 
in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The College Football Guide is out now, and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the Football Betting Guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. So make this football season your best season ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe we'll get to Wes Reynolds in hour number two with Michael Lombardi and myself here in the Lombardi line get his thoughts as he's been breaking down some of those college football conferences uh, but before we get there I did want to get back to the NFL Michael continue our conversation about the Patriots because it is kind of fascinating in the betting market depending on where you look in a bet MGM the Bills obviously almost a two dollar betting favor to win the AFC East but then it's where it gets tricky the Dolphins and the Patriots are Co, if you will, second place options at four to one. And I go, wow, the Dolphins all of a sudden, and I get it, they got the cheetah. But when I look at that quarterback position, to me, it's still advantage New England. Are you as surprised as I am that in the betting market right now, BetMGM, they're, they're uh, right there tied at four to one? Not, not really, because I think when you go back and break down New England, you know, and, and some teams, some teams, some the impressions of the last game carry through the season. Mm. Not here in Philadelphia because they were losing 33 to nothing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that, that nobody remembers no. that game here in Philly. That, that was a, that's a faint memory. They're, they're going to, you know, they were, they actually won that game. But the reality of it is, is the last two games against Buffalo, you know, I'm actually surprised the Patriots aren't a higher, higher on odds on that. Wow. Because the last two games against Buffalo, they, they weren't even in the game. Mm. I mean, they didn't make Buffalo punt. They never got. They never stopped them on third down, and they couldn't execute enough in offensively to carry it. And they went into Buffalo, you know, in the playoff, you know, at the end of the year, and you know, got destroyed forty-seven to seventeen, and probably the worst loss Belichick has ever had in a playoff game. gave up gave up almost five hundred yards, four hundred eighty-two yards. It would it could have been worse. Right. It could have been worse. So, to me, you know, I think you know, New England's didn't beat Miami last year, zero and two against them. They were one and two against Buffalo. The only game that they won was the win game, which really I think was the defining moment for the Bills because that game made the Bills decide we are going to run the single wing with Josh Allen now. You know, he's going to be as much a runner as he is anybody, anything. So, you know, I think ultimately that that's why. And, and those questions defensively, to me, with the Patriots still linger. You know, they still – do they have enough speed in their defensive line? Are they fast enough at linebacker? You know, they added Mac Wilson, who gives them some more speed. Bentley's not a three-down linebacker. I mean, he doesn't run well enough. Are they fast enough to catch? Can they cover in the back end? They lose J.C. Jackson. They're going to play a lot of man-to-man. So they've got to count on Marcus Jones, the kid they drafted in the third round, to come through for them. So to, for me, I, I think a lot of this is the uncertainty more defensively. The media will focus towards Mac Jones because he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. But I see, their, I see the issues defensively here. Can they take that mother may I step forward, which they're going to need to do, and, and they haven't seemed to close the gap on Buffalo, whereas Miami – defensively, they're pretty good. Right. You know, they've got a lot of good players back there. I mean, they're, they're secondary. The, the, Xavier Holland, yeah, he's really a good player. The Holland, the safety's a good player. Xavier Howard, excuse me. Holland's a good player. The question with Miami is simply this. Can they do anything offensively at the quarterback position down the field? Yeah, I'm with you. I love it. And I'll, Byron Jones there as well. They, they, they do have some very talented well, guys. By, by, everybody goes after Byron Jones, right. though, Dave. Byron Jones is like the most overpaid. They would get rid of Byron Jones. That year they signed all those guys. 
there's only one guy left. That's by, well, Landon Roberts and Byron Jones. But they would get rid of him, and they reduced his salary. I mean, he caused more harm than he did good because they had to, exa- they had to take up Xavier Howard's money because they paid this guy more than Howard, and it's not even close in terms of their talent level. Yeah, can you explain that to me? Because, you know, in Dallas when he was there, and this was a guy coming out of Connecticut, and he kind of felt like a tweener on Byron Jones. And I'm just curious because you, 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 you look at the tape and you look at the film and break it down. You can see things I can't see. It looked like they figured out a way to get him in Dallas to be a, a really good corner. And then he goes to Miami and he looks lost. Is that scheme? Well, they play, well, well, they play a lot more man-to-man yeah. in Miami, especially with Josh Boyer. You know, Josh Boyer wants to run zero blitz coverage. You know, now what happened last year when you go through the season, you know, and probably one of the reasons why Boyer stayed and, and Flores is gone is because, you know, Flores, kinda, Flores came in and really kind of ran the defense, took a lot away from Boyer. You know, and, and upsets the kettle down there, if you will. Yeah. And so, you know, but but you had to because you couldn't beat Byron Jones on the island. You know, the kid they drafted from Auburn, I can't pronounce his last yeah. name, Noah, you know, I mean, the, he's not come through for them. And so Nick Needham, a kid, they, a college free agent in 19, has been their nickel corner. If you get Miami in a man-to-man game, Byron Jones is going to get all the action because Howard is really good at winning early in the route. He's what we call a breakfast corner. He's going to win early. He's going to take away the receiver because he's able to jam him at the line and physically dominate. So for for me, and, you know, they, they do a nice job of mixing the rush. Van 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 Ginkle, the kid they drafted in 19 in the fifth round, is a good player. You know, Baker's a good player. You know, Wilkins is an underrated player inside. And Ogabo, the kid that they signed from Kansas City, the second-round pick of the Brownies, he's come into his own down there. Okay, breakfast corner, I'm stealing that. That is brilliant. I love that. I've never heard that terminology before. Uh, second, the only team we haven't mentioned so far in the AFC East are the JTS Jets. Now, again, we yeah. talked to Thomas Gable. We'll talk to Thomas again in hour number two. And I know that they're big on the Jets there in the tri-state area, but that's because of, of where you are. And, you know, they're going to – in New York and Jersey and Philly and maybe even a little bit north there, they're going to back the Jets this year. There is a parlay, a playoff parlay, that is offered at BetMGM. And it's the Jets and the Giants to both make the playoffs. Remember, they have expanded the playoffs this year. Michael, could I interest you in that at 22 no, to 1? Zero to zero. Just, I'm, I'm going to call 901 St. Jude's, and I'm going to give that money to St. Jude's. That's a, that's a dumb pick. That's right. a dumb play. To, for both I mean, to let, make let's it. just break the Jets down for a second. Okay. Their head coach, Robert Salai, was is supposed to be a defensive mastermind. Right. Okay. They were the worst team last year in points allowed. They were the worst team in points scored. They were the worst team. In, they were the second worst team in creating turnovers. They were the third worst team in defending the pass. Oh, by the way, they were the worst team in defending the run. Mm. So, like seriously, like what what has happened with the with the with the Jets to think now? You know, I'm all for the first year laying the foundation, but I'm not for being so bad. Like this was bad. It was like bad. there are num- they're really bad numbers. They were the wor- every time the offense took the field, okay? Every time the opposing offense took the field, the percent of ending that drive in a score against the New York Football Jets, they were the worst team in the league. <laughs> so, they led that category, right? And by the way, offensively when they got the ball, they were the 28th team in the league in terms of that. They, they didn't want it. They, Matt Cavanaugh came in during the season to help them as an offensive coach. They didn't really want any more experience on the staff, so they let him go after the year because Craig, Greg Knapp passed away. Remember last year right. in that tragic bicycle accident? Right. So to me, to me, this is – I don't think they're well coached at all. I, I, I really don't. I was not a Salai fan. I would have not hired him. I never thought San Francisco defensively was like, oh, my God, they're doing such unique stuff. In fact, I think San Francisco got better when he left with D'Amico Ryans. So I'm not in love with the coach. I'm unsure about the quarterback. And there's no evidence. There is zero evidence. Remember, we're trying to find confidence without evidence. There's no confidence that they've done a good job. And all I've read so far this year is how Salai wants to be the best. He wants to play on 400 golf courses. God bless you. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. If you worked for Al Davis and he saw golf clubs in your trunk, you were out. 
<laughs> if Al Davis saw you smoking a pipe or you had golf clubs as a coach in your trunk, you weren't coming back in the building. Oh, my. Steve Spurrier would not have made it very long with Al. That's oh, for sure. No ch- I mean, he couldn't have made it past the blackboard test. <laughs> Neither could Salai, though. Right? Neither could Salai. I mean, Al would have thrown him up on the blackboard. It would have been ugly. It would have been just ugly. Michael, very quickly, just not even that long into the Jets' history here, maybe 15 tops, 20 years. You look back, and they've they've tried defensive guys like Salah. They, they've tried him. Uh, they, they, tried... they don't know what they're doing, Dave. They have no idea. Robert, the, the Woody Johnson has no idea. He wouldn't understand culture if you gave him the first five letters of it, right? He has no idea what he's doing. He's grab-bagging. He's grab-bagging. That's why they're the Jets. Right. That's why they're the Jets. They just they, they, They don't understand what they need to do. Does you know, this, does one thing about football is any any road will get you where you want to go if you don't know where you're going. Because <laughs> yeah, Todd Bowles didn't work out. He's going to try again in Tampa Bay. The, the only well, guy he's played Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a good coach. Yeah. He put him with one of the worst general managers in all of football. And Mike McKagan. I mean, Mike McKagan was a college scout. Mike McKagan didn't know one thing about pro football. And he hired Brian Heimendinger to be his pro guy. And Brian was a young guy. And Brian wasn't trained for the job. So Brian had more authority in the building than Heimendinger did. And then he saddles he saddles Bowles with a bunch of these coaches. Yeah. And when Matt Rule comes in, they, they're not smart enough to hire Matt Rule to let him kind of run the organization because Woody wants it to be more corporate. Look, you know, as Bill Walsh said to me in 1984, there's some teams that aren't, you know, they're not even really in the race. The Jets are one of those. We've got some more playoff parlays I want to get your opinions on. But it feels like the Jets fans, Michael, you're making them lust for the Rex Ryan era. Oh, they'll rip, me, they'll rip me for sure. There's no doubt. But they, 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 when they wake up, I'll give you my D. Martin line on them. You got it. It's the Lombardi Line of Mason, the Sports Betting Network. Here are the top horse racing plays from Express Bet Editor-in-Chief Jeremy Plonk at Ellis Park in race number nine. Jeremy likes number nine, Baj. At 5-1 to one, at Saratoga in race 9. Jeremy has number 1 Osteria at, on top at 5-2. to two. You can wager on these races and more at First Bet, the preferred horse racing app of VEASAN. If you sign up today using the code VEGAS22, you're going to get $100 in free bets. So go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details on this exclusive offer for VEASAN fans. Plus, more top plays from VEASAN and Express Bet handicappers. That's VEASAN.com slash horses. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. We're going to have Will Hill join us from New York here at the top of the hour, a little bit later on in this hour, rather. And I can't wait to get his thoughts on what's going on in New York for a bunch of different reasons. But one, Michael, that I saw that we'll get to with Will, too, is they put out there, is Aaron Donald the greatest defensive player of all time? Something you and I talked a little bit about yesterday. And LT himself, Lawrence Taylor, tweeted the little emoji. Like, just the emoji of like, huh? Like, wait, wait, have you guys already forgotten about me? So I wonder if the Johnny-come-latelys today just have to assume that what we're seeing today is better than what we saw yesterday. We'll get into that with Will a little bit, too. But, Michael, it just it surprises me that LT himself has to go, kids, have you already forgotten? That's what they well, do. They, they don't they – don't, I mean, it's amazing, too, for a generation that has YouTube. I mean, I actually could have been a good student at Hofstra with YouTube and Google. <laughs> I, I might have actually been a good – I would have probably not taken 20 years to graduate. It, it would have probably worked out well for me because there's so much information. And, look, I, I wrote this book, uh, you know, about the, the Hall of Fame, the history of the game, and really never had to leave my desk and go to Canton to look through the Hall of Fame because I could watch – I watched the 46 Eagles championship game mm. on YouTube. You know, I, I can watch – I watched games played at Wrigley Field with the Bears when the end zone of Wrigley Field yep. was almost to the dugout and players were slipping into the dugout. It was so unsafe. So, like, there, there is so much available to you if you have the interest. And I think ultimately, as Steve Jobs said – you can't connect the dots moving forward, which is what everybody wants to do now. You must connect the dots looking backwards. And so you've got to study what greatness looks like mm. and start with Lawrence Taylor. Put Reggie White. Like, like as great as Aaron Donald is, no, he's not close to Reggie White. Like, nobody – he's not even close to – I mean, he's great, but Reggie's in a different category. Like Reggie's on a different, like Reggie has a different card. You know, he, he's getting into different clubs than, than Donald. Not that Donald's not a great player. Reggie was so dominant. 
And Reggie could destroy an offense in a single bound. I mean, he was Superman. Same thing with Taylor. Like, we're, we're, we're talking about these guys as if, you know, because we don't go back and watch Reggie White and understand what he did to change the game. These guys change games. I mean, they change protection schemes for, for Lawrence Taylor. We never, in football, never did the guard ever dual read the inside linebacker to the outside linebacker. Walsh invented that to, so he could get a big guy on Lawrence Taylor without having to slide the protection. That's the kind of stuff that greatness makes. It creates divergent thinking. I, it's, it, I'm just well said. I mean, I, I can't even add any more to that because it's perfectly said. It, it just it it doesn't. It just makes me laugh. It really does. It makes me laugh nowadays when I see these things, and I just go. I feel like the old man in the room going, "You silly kids!" Like, I, and I get it. Aaron Donald's great. He's a first bout Hall of Famer. He's a generational player. He's he's unbelievable. But he's not even the best lineman, let alone defensive player that we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. And I'm with you. It's not really even that close. AD can still write more history. Like, it's not done on Aaron Donald. I'm not closing the book on him. He could go out there, do what LT did in 86, be the league MVP. That can happen. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody stopping you from doing it. I'll give you a perfect example. About a month ago, Christopher Russo from Mad Dog Radio, yeah. who I do his show every Friday. We have a, a little game we play. We pick three teams each week for the betting, and we kind of compete against one another. So he put out his top tight end quarterback targets. And in one of those, he may he had, I think, the fourth best tight end quarterback combinations were Bart Starr and Ron Kramer. Okay? Yeah. And he got chastised for Ron Kramer, right? <laughs> he got chastised for Ron Kramer, right? So why? Because nobody knows who Ron Kramer is. Correct. Like nobody knows how great Ron Kramer was. Like he, this guy was all everything at Michigan. He punted, he kicked. He was he ran track. He dominated. He was the he's the he has the most letters of varsity achievement at Michigan than anybody. Then he went to play professional basketball and he played football for the Green Bay Packers. He was drafted by the Detroit Pistons, 34th pick overall. Okay? So he's unbelievably talented. He has he was Gronk before Gronk. His number 87's retired at Michigan, by the way. The Packers traded him to Detroit because he was having marital issues and he wanted to get closer to his wife. Had he stayed in Green Bay, he would have won more than the two super, two tro- super and he would have accumulated more. And remember, when he was playing for Green Bay, they were running the outside, outside mm-hmm. sweep. He was blocking most of the time. So, But they paid no attention. Like, Ron Kramer, who's Ron Kramer? He's not even in the Hall of Fame. Well, guess what? Ron Kramer should be in the Hall of Fame. Ron Kramer was a great player. You know, and you're not give, and because you don't get any any respect, I mean, it, it just goes to show that we don't study the past to understand the future. None of that is true because it didn't happen today. So well, that's what the kids that's are right. telling you. None of that's true because we didn't see it, so therefore it can't exist. But we're not interested in looking for it either. Right. Like the idea of research is is out the window. Like let's research some things. Like, you know, let's like I think what Jerry West said yesterday so eloquently about J.J. Riddick, like like J.J., like like, you you know, you averaged 12 points a game. You weren't the difference for any team. You were a good player in the league. You know, am I calling you a plumber? Am I calling you a carpenter? (laughs) Right. No. But do you understand? You know, I mean, Jerry West was very clear about the athleticism of today's athletes. But like he said. You know, we had to work in the winter. Like, you know, we're talking about training camp, right? Today, you know, all these teams are reporting to training camp. Well, back in the day, you know, the the players had to report to training camp six weeks early because they were working winter jobs. Right. They were selling insurance. You know, they were working in car dealerships. They didn't make any money playing football. They played for the love of the game, you know, and so they had to get camp, had to be utilized to get them in shape. Today, the, you know, they have facilities to get everybody in shape. It, it is, it's fascinating. Again, we're not, not trying to bang on, on today's generation at all. All I'm saying is when you throw these things out there and you have to have LT himself respond to it, it kind of tells you, like, just slow it. Just slow it down. Like, great players are great players in any era, and we have to stop doing this thing of, oh, they couldn't play in today's game. That is absolute hogwash in basketball, in baseball, in football. Name great is great, and normally it would translate. Speaking of, Michael, I was watching a little bit of the Yankee-Oriole game yesterday where the Orioles came back and won. By the way, they're back to 500. What a great story it is in Charm City this year. And I watched Aaron Judge. 
And I watched him hit, you know, four hits yesterday and, you know, play great center field. And, you know, the conversation that we're having about Judge and Otani on a daily basis, which, by the way, Michael, I think is great for baseball. They, oh, need, great, more, let, they need more conversations I, I think, like this. Oh, well, I think we should. I think Taysom Hill should be the MVP of the National Football League. I mean, he plays two sports. He plays two positions. He goes plays quarterback. <laughs> he plays the hardest position kicks. in sports. He plays the hardest position, then he goes plays running back. I mean, if if, if O'Shawnee wins it, I, I mean, Taysom Hill's going to win it in football. I mean, <laughs> bet it. I mean, I, because he's mediocre at everything. I mean, maybe he's a great pitcher. I mean, I I, I mean, I love Towers. Yesterday we yeah, had him he was on. Great. It was great. It was awesome. But the more I thought about it, you know, to me it's like, okay, let's just make Taysom Hill. You know, they won four games with Taysom Hill play quarterback. They won more games with him playing quarterback than they did with Trevor Simeon. They didn't win any with him. So let's just – let's make – my my campaign is if Oshani wins the MVP in baseball, then Taysom Hill's got to win it in football. <laughs> I saw – or, or, we'll, or somebody should, you know – or. Jalen Ramsey ought to play some receiver. Right, like Dion did back plays a game. Right, Dion didn't win MVP. He played wide receiver and quarterback. Cowboys are wide receiver and say, uh, corner. And the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 95. He didn't win MVP. Played both positions. Well, because, right, because, you know, the, it, but, and his team won. Right, I and mean, his team won. What you else? Know, you, right, you what's know, the objective? We, they, got Mike, they have Mike Trout on their team, and they talk like their team stinks. Like Mike Trout, they're the best hitter in all of baseball. You know, it's, oh. but look. What you have to understand, I think what Thomas Gable said yesterday is so true. There is a predetermined bias. They want to give this guy the award. Yes. And so, like, just get on the track. Don't use some logic, because <laughs> if the logic you're going to use to give him the award is, then I'm going to use the same logic to give it to Taysom Hill. I'm going to start the campaign. I'll get Mike Palm involved with this as well. Taysom Hill for MVP. Why not? It seems arbitrary at this point. Because, look, guys, I saw it on Twitter last night after the game, and, you know, I think it was Yankees talk. At Yankees talk, they put up there that Judge is leading in, I think, five statistical categories from a hitting standpoint. No, by the way, he's I – mean, to me, he's a gold glover in center field. And look at the odds. I mean, Shohei Otani is minus a dollar five. I mean, a plus a dollar Taysom Hill was four and one last year. You know, he was four <laughs> and one won. as a starting quarterback. He threw for almost 58. He threw for 58% completions. He threw four touchdown passes. I mean, why not? I, I, he covered kicks. He we, played tight end. He caught the ball. He had 15 catches. I mean, he had, uh, you know, he had a bunch of rushes. He had, I think he had 70 rushes. Why not? We say this tongue-in-cheek, but people, it's also a cautionary tale. Remember, this no, is how people I'm vote serious. on. Yeah. Hill for MVP. When we come back, we will talk more in New York. We'll get uh, Will Hill's thoughts on, on what's going on with Aaron Judge and company. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line. I'm Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. On Sunday, you can place a $25 one-game parlay on any Major League Baseball game, and you're going to receive a $10 free bet that you can use on any sport, regardless of your bet's outcome. Log into your account, download the app, sign up with BetMGM to get a $10 free bet to use on any sport when you place a $25 one-game parlay on any MLB game. Turn your game into showtime with a king of sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification. Eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets are site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, New York, or Washington, D.C. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. We always love to catch up with our guy, Will Hill. Follow him on Twitter as I do at not the Will Hill, but he is, in fact, the Will Hill. He is, some would say, I would say, the king of New York. Will, great to have you on on this Sunday morning. Uh, before we get to your baseball plays, Michael and I were talking about this. When I see Lawrence Taylor take to the Twitter machine in 2022 and have to kind of rebut a comment that Aaron Donald, is he – now, the greatest defensive player of all time. Does this get New Yorkers talking like, hey, have you already forgotten about the greatness that was LT56? Yeah, I think there's people out there who, you know, even with Danian Tomlinson, him being nicknamed LT, rub people the wrong way because there shouldn't <laughs> be like a second LT. That's how good Lawrence Taylor was. So, yeah, I think, you know, you guys make a good point. Lamarty makes a good point that, you know, people, uh, we have short memories. As Richie Aprile says to uh, to Beans, you got a bad memory, Beans. I, I think a lot of people today have bad memories. <laughs> Richie Aprile no makes the show. They don't, they, don't, they don't look back. I mean, they don't look back. But I would love your support for – uh, Taysom Hill to be the MVP of football this year. I, I, I'm counting on you to join forces with me to mount, because if Oshani can become the MVP because he plays two sports, he does two things, why not Taysom Hill? I had Jason Weingarten on the pod a couple of weeks ago, and he actually bet Taysom Hill. He's always betting these crazy things. I don't know what number he got him, 1,001, 2,001. So uh, if, he happen, if that happens, I know Jason's going to be very happy. I actually think the best bet on the board, uh, people are talking about Judge Otani, Alvarez's numbers are right there with Judge out, and it looks like Houston has a very good chance of passing the Yankees for best record in baseball by you know, the end of the season, if not by the end of the week. Uh, Alvarez at eleven to one is a very, very good bet. I would say that's probably the best bet on the board here. Wow, there it is. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, uh, Towers said the same thing yesterday. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go outside the box for Otani, then go to Alvarez. I mean, I, I mean, at least you know you're getting something. I mean, look, if they just want to give it to him, give it to him. You know, just say you want to give him that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the conversation, Will, is that it feels like, by the way, it's not a bad conversation for baseball to be having. These are exactly the conversations baseball needs more of. Is it Otani? Is it Judge? Can Alvarez slip in the back door? I mean, that's good for the sport because these are heated and I think well thought out conversations. But it does feel like baseball, baseball wants to give Otani one of the two either Cy Young or MVP. It feels like Cy Young is going away daily. So then it gets back to the MVP and it normally is the best player on the best team. And the offensive stats judge is leading so many categories. It's hard to deny him four hits and a loss yesterday. Will, but it looks like the betting public still wants to back Otani. Yeah. And the rebuttal to that, of course. And again, I don't know what the voters are thinking here. Uh, the rebuttal to that is, hey, Judge doesn't pitch. Judge, Judge doesn't have these 11 strikeout games. It's funny. Otani was throwing a shutout in the seventh inning the other night. He got bombed. They left him in there to give up six runs, which I think really hurt him. Uh, again, his numbers pitching-wise are still good. He's still striking out a million guys. He's got a 2-8 ERA. Uh, I think what best baseball desperately needs, get him on a good team. I mean, he's rotting out there. It's funny, the Angels, they got Trout, they got Otani. They got these two generational talents, and they can't win any games. It is such a waste of talent. It's really too bad. That's Joe Madden's fault. There were two games under 500 when they fired Madden. Look what's happened since he's exited stage left. Let's get to some of your baseball plays today. And, uh, Will, are the Mets ever going to score runs again? They lose 2-1 to one, uh, yesterday to the Padres. So far, uh, objects in the rear view might be closer than they appear with the Braves now just a half game back. 
taking on the pods, trying to salvage one. What do you make of the Metropolitans and the uh, fathers today? Well, it's a good thing Mets fans aren't one to panic. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the under eight here. Like you said, Mets have not scored the last five games, 10 runs, and three of those have come in extra innings where uh, it's sort of orchestrated for the offense to score. They've scored three of those 10 in extra innings where you start with the ghost runner on second. So, look, they haven't hit. Uh, Lindor has been good, but let's face it. He's been a disappointment. Alonzo's a big bat. Marte's a good bat. But other than that, there's not a lot of offense. They don't get anything out of catcher. Uh, there are certainly some holes in this lineup. It's really, you look through baseball and not a lot of these teams hit. It's hard to hit. You know, it's hard to score runs. Even the Yankees who still have the best record in baseball hitting like 229 as a team. It's just, it's hard to hit. Mets are going through a funk here where they, you know, just can't put good contact on the ball. They, they see uh, Musgrove today. Who's been a very good pitcher mm. an all-star, uh, you know, doesn't walk anybody has outstanding numbers. So uh, to me, this is a good play at under eight Carrasco's had a nice bounce back season. So I like the under eight here. I think the Mets, uh, I would expect them, boy, it's a tough game today. I would think they would win today. They've been resilient. I'm not betting it, but I do like the under eight. Okay, so again. Uh, how about the Yankees? How about the Yankees today? Were Cortez facing Creamer in Baltimore? What do you, who do you like in that one? I would take the Orioles. I would take them plus a run and a half. I just think the Yankees, boy, it's funny. We talked about the other day. They have this great record, but they have flaws with Kiner Falefa, with Gallo. And they lost their eighth inning guy, Michael King, who's extremely oh, yeah. important for them. He's been dominant. He threw a pitch. I don't know if you guys saw this Friday night. He threw a pitch and his elbow fractured yes. on the pitch. Uh, you know, he could have made the all-star team. It was a nice bridge they had with King, then Holmes, the back end of the game. Uh, now you're going to have to deal with, you know, Chapman, Wandy Peralta. They're calling up guys out of the minors. They're definitely going to need to make a move for a reliever and probably a bat. I think the Orioles here, they've been, you know, an, a money machine. They've been an ATM just betting them. They're an underrated team. Uh, they are certainly headed in the right direction. I would lean towards Baltimore plus a run and a half. Yeah, I got to tell you too, gentlemen, right now the Orioles back to 500. They're actually in the wild card with the expanded playoffs. They're still only about four, four and a half back there. So amazing what's going on in Charm City there. Uh, Will, I was on the wild Same ride. record as the Red Sox, yeah. right? Same record as the Red Sox. Hard to believe. The, the Red Sox could end up in the cellar uh, before too long here. I was on the White Sox yesterday. What a wild ride that was to get home. And I was about to curse them out. Like you're blowing a three nothing lead. You give up four. You can't let Lance Lynn go into the seventh, but hey, it worked out for the Sox backers yesterday. Dylan Cease, Shane Beaver should be an excellent pitching matchup on the south side. What do you make of today's game? Yeah, I like the White Sox. I like Cease. If you look at his numbers, it's amazing he didn't make the All-Star game. Yeah. He's been unbelievable. His last 10 starts, he hasn't given up more than one run in any of the 10 starts. Uh, he's got a .7 ERA. You know, nobody gets on base against him. He strikes out everybody. To me, White Sox for the money line, White Sox for the first five, however you want to play this. Bieber's still good. He's not as great as he was a couple years ago when he won a Cy Young. Uh, to me, Cease is a guy you bet on every time he pitches. He's that good. I like Chicago here, who have underachieved. Let's face it. I mean, that's a lot of talent. You know, they've been up and down. They've had injuries. LaRusse is under some fire. But uh, to me, the White Sox are a good bet today. Well, I want to quickly shift into the NFL. We were talking about the Patriots to start this say, to start the show today, and the Patriots at four to one, and so are the Miami. Do you like any one of those teams uh, to be a wild card to kind of uh, separate who the best four and one odd teams is there? I like the Patriots. Look, you don't make money betting against Bill Belichick. I think they have a really good offensive line, a really good defensive line. Uh, to me, you know, this is a big if. If you can keep Devontae Parker healthy, there's more weapons than I think people realize. I would have loved to get Debo Samuel or a num number one wide receiver, but look, uh, if you can have Parker, Myers, the two tight ends, the running backs uh, with that offensive line, to me, Mac Jones is the most underrated player in football. He's going to be a star. He is a star. I think he's a, an outstanding player. Defensively, like you guys mentioned, it's a transition. They're going to be younger. But I think it's a necessary transition. Like, like you said, they were a little slow last year. They were a little old. I always trust Belichick to mold the talent. Uh, I like the coach. I like the quarterback. I like the over. I think they're a playoff team. Are you getting people there on, on either on the podcast or just the sense in New York that the Jets? I mean, they, we talked about with, with TG, with Thomas Cable. People are betting the Jets. Are, are they seeing something we don't see? Or is this a classic example of betting with your heart? I think the draft got people excited. Uh, I don't see it. Look, I, I'm sure they'll be a little better than they were last year. It'd be hard to be worse, but to, to just keep this pretty simple, I don't like the coach. I don't like the quarterback. The schedule's very hard. I would go under. Seems like the right, the right schedule. I, I think we didn't talk about the schedule, Dave. The schedule's tough now. Right. I mean, that schedule is uh, it, it's hard to find some easy. It, well, first of all, when you're as bad as the Jets were, it's, there's no such thing as an easy win. But <laughs> the, you're counting on a lot of things coming together for the Jets with a guy that I don't know can put things together. 
Yeah, it, it does look like 18 to 1 to win the division. We gave you that prop that BetMGM has if the Jets and the Giants will could make the playoffs. 22 to 1 for both teams to make it. Michael's not interested. I'm not interested. I don't know how people are thinking these things are going to actually happen. Crazier things have happened, but it feels like a long shot at best. Very quickly, the podcast uh, that you have in the New York City cast here with Vieson. Can you get LT on the show? Because if you ask him, is Aaron Donald better than you, you're going to have amazing content. Yeah, I'm not going to ask him that face-to-face, but if I get him on, uh, I'll make sure it's through Zoom or through Skype because I'm not asking him face-to-face. You can ask him face-to-face. You you follow the UFC stuff, so maybe you you know, you know, have some moves to defend yourself, but I'm not asking him that. <laughs> I'm not asking Lawrence Taylor if he actually believes Aaron Donald is better than he. Uh, we'll appreciate the, the baseball players and the football thoughts as well. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and follow him on Twitter as we do at NotTheWill. Bill. Will, thanks again thanks, as Will. always. Thanks for having me, guys. See you. There he is, everybody. The king of New York. Michael, when we come back in hour number two, we did some uh, blue chip and red chip yesterday. Let's get to your blue chippers with the defensive ends when we come back. Get your thoughts there. It is the Lombardi on Avisan, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. On Sunday, you can place a $25 one-game parlay on any Major League Baseball game and you'll receive a $10 free bet that you can use on any sport regardless of your bet's outcome. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 